We are in Kohelet, Perek Yudbet, Pasuk Tet. The following Pesukim, uh, we already did the conclusion of, of Kohelet proper, the core book of Kohelet in uh, the previous class. The following Pesukim, uh, the last six Pesukim of the Megillah, are an epilogue. According to the Rashbam, it's not just a literary epilogue, meaning a separate part of the Megillah, but actually uh, a historically different piece of the Megillah, written by, according to the Rashbam, the Orchim, or uh, the editors. Uh, so this is, according to the Rashbam, the Rashbam, this is not actually written by uh, Kohelet himself, it's written by uh, the editors. Whether he's right or not from a literary perspective, certainly it's outside the scope of the core of the Sefer, which started with uh, Havel Havalim Amar Kohelet and ended in Pasuk Het with Havel Havalim Amar Kohelet. But it's certainly an intriguing question to ask whether it was Kohelet himself uh, or a different set of editors. And it will be, uh, we'll talk about it in, in a few Pesukim as to uh, uh, the particular point of view represented in these Pesukim. Even more than uh, Kohelet's wisdom, than the fact that Kohelet was wise. He wasn't the proverbial professor sitting in an ivory tower. He taught the uh, the people, he taught them uh, wisdom. explains he made people listen. Uh, he taught people how to be hoked, how to deliberate. He constructed many uh, parables or metaphors. And of course, we know this if you look throughout the entire Megillah. We saw many times that Kohelet tried to drive home his points, certainly not through uh, argumentative or, or logical prose, but through telling a story, uh, even one or two psukim long. And so these are the Mishalim that Kohelet was metaken. Pasuk Yod, Bikesh Kohelet Limtso Divre Hefetz. Kohelet sought to find Divre Hefetz, words that would be acceptable or words that would be understood by the, probably by the people that he was teaching. Vechatub Yosher, the Ibn Ezra here explains, Ketuvim uh, writings that teach people how to live Beyosher, how to live morally upstanding lives. Divre Emet, and Kohelet, of course, uh, sought to to uh, speak words of truth. Pasuk Yud Aleph, Dibre Hachamim Kadar Bonot. The words of the Hachamim, the words of the wise, are like goads, which are used to prod cattle. In other words, Kohelet wants you to have the image of Dibre Hachamim, are, uh, they guide you to the right place, like prods uh, uh, that are used on cattle, but they hurt. They're not necessarily uh, soft-spoken. Sometimes they hurt. The subject of this last part of the sentence is also the devarim in the first half of the of the sentence. The devarim of ba'alea supot, the words of those who gather uh, uh, wisdom, who gather this chokhmah, are like masmerot netu'im. They're like nails driven into uh, the flesh. And over here also nails, when they're driven into something, they keep something in place, but... When they're driven into a person, they also hurt. So similar to the, the parallelism in the first half of the Pasuk, which uh, were the prods and the cattle, they guide you to the right place, but they hurt here. They keep you in the right place, but they hurt. Nitenu ehad, they were given by a single shepherd. And over here, almost all the Mifarshim, uh, there's almost, almost unanimity 
in explaining Ru'ai Ehad over here as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all the Chokhmah that we have was given from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and passed down generation to generation until it was written down uh, uh, in the various Sifrut uh, HaChokhmah of which Kohelet is a piece. Pasuk Yudbet, Ve'yoter mehemma beni hizaher. And more than these, uh, my son, please be careful. Asot sefarim harbe en kes. There is no end to writing many books, so beware of that. Ve'lahag harbe yegiat basar. And a lot of chatter just wearies the flesh. In other words, talking too much is fatiguing. And the implication here is that it, it causes fatigue without any commensurate gain. There's no point in talking too much. On the one hand, uh, if this is indeed Kohelet writing it, not according uh, to the Rashbam, this is an almost supreme irony. Kohelet himself is telling you to be careful to not write too many books or not to philosophize too much, which is, of course, the entirety of Kohelet is writing a book that's philosophizing. So it's almost as if he's undermining himself, similar to how, as a teacher of Chokhmah, he did plenty in uh, the book of Kohelet to undermine the absolute value uh, not the relative value, but the absolute value of Chokhmah. So here at the end, he may be undermining himself in a uh, in an ironic uh, in an ironic way. Pasuk Yud Gimel, Sof Davar Hakol Nishma. At the end of all the speaking, at the end of all the writing, everything has been heard. Everything that Kohelet said has been listened to. And what's the conclusion? Et Elohim Yera. You should fear God, Bet Mitzvotav Shemor, and keep His commandments. This is the entirety of a man. And of course, now the question of who wrote these Pesukim is a little bit more dramatic. Is it Kohelet telling you that this is the conclusion of the book? I wrote the book and this is the conclusion that I'd like you to take out of the book? Or is it the Orchim, according to the Rashbam, saying that we read the book and this is our conclusion after reading the book. And what we're going to discuss uh, in the conclusion of uh, this shirud and then the conclusion of Kohelet as, as a whole, is that in fact, whether it's Kohelet or not in this, uh, in this final epilogue over here, the, uh, the theme over here, et ha-Elohim yerav et mitzvotav shemor, is in fact uh, what, if you look deeply into the Megillah, you would conclude if you're reading it properly. And the language, ze kol ha-adam, this is the entirety of man in which the Megillah, whoever wrote this, uh, is basically relaying to you, man is limited. Zekol ha'adam, he's bound. This is it. This is everything. And we'll talk about in a second what exactly this is it, what exactly is everything according to Kohelet. Pasuk Yudaled, ki et kol ma'aseh ha'elohim yavi b'mishpat ha'kol ne'alam. Im tov ve'im ra. Because all the ma'asim, all the deeds that are done, God will bring these deeds before him in judgment. Al-Kol Ne'alam, the Ibn Ezra explains, does not refer to uh, the acts or the deeds that a person does that are being done, that are, that are hidden. The, according to the Ibn Ezra, Al-Kol Ne'alam is referring to the intent that a person has when he's doing these ma'asim. Al-Kol Ne'alam is HaKadosh Baruch Hu judging the deeds based on the intent of the person who commits the deed, according to the Ibn Ezra, whether the intent of the person when he does the ma'aseh is good or bad. Here, uh, the book of Kohelet ends, and before we end uh, this set of shirurim, what I'd like to do is uh, ask the 
ultimate question, which is, what is supposed to be the conclusion of Sefer Kohelet? Clearly, the book itself tells us, And what I'd like to do is explain how we get to this conclusion by looking back a little bit uh, into what we've done in the, in the last few Shiorim on Kohelet. And the way I'd like to do that is by taking a quick tour through the different units uh, that we learned in Kohelet and seeing what was the punchline, what was the conclusion that Kohelet had in each of the units. And of course, this will uh, go back and tie into what we said were the key words that we kept seeing repeated multiple times uh, across the Sefer. The first unit uh, in Pere, the end of Perek Aleph and the entirety of Perek Bet was Kohelet discussing what has more value, amassing wealth or amassing wisdom. And he says that at the end of the day, neither has absolute eternal value. And in the last two Pesukim, Kohelet says the following. This is his conclusion, because neither wealth nor wisdom has that eternal value. Pasuk Chavdarid, en tov ba'adam, there's nothing better for man sheyochal b'shata. A person should eat and drink and uh, in, uh, show himself good things in his toil. And this eating and drinking and enjoying good things, this is from God. Who, the person who is good and before God, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him wisdom and knowledge and simcha and merriment. And that merriment, that simcha is the achilan The next unit we had was Shir Ha'itim, the catalog of times, in which we discussed the cyclicality of the human condition. And over there too, Kohelet concludes, Yadati ki en tov bam, there is nothing better in man, ki im nismoach velaasot tov behayav, a person should be happy, and do good in his life. And the person who does eat and drink and sees good in his toil, matat Elohim he it is a gift of God. And then after his discussion of there's no difference between man and beast, in that both end up dying, and, and that Ulama Ba cannot necessarily redeem the value of this life, he says, there is nothing better than a man being happy with his deeds, because that is his portion. In the next units, uh, Kohelet discussed the lack of value in the social compact, the injustice, the loneliness, the political absurdity. That rolled seamlessly uh, into the next unit in which Kohelet discussed uh, the, the sick, the sickening uh, evil that he saw, and that is the man who amassed wealth and lost it all. And he, we said, he repeated that story twice in different ways, and right in the middle of the the two stories, meaning the conclusion of the first time in which he tells the story, he says as follows, It is good to eat and drink and to see good in one's toil under the sun. The days of the life that God gives a man because that is his portion. And he follows that up right in the next pasuk. And whoever God gave wealth and allowed him to enjoy it and to be happy in his toil. 
Zo matat Elohim he, this is a gift from God. And then Kohelet goes on over there to repeat the story. And if you remember, we said over there that the entire reason that the story was repeated was to reinforce the conclusion of the first time that Kohelet told the story. The conclusion being that life is fragile and everything is a gift and enjoy it while you have it. Because even if you are enjoying it, it can be taken away by God. Moving on in our journey uh, through the book, the second half of the book began with Kohelet discussing Sadiq Veralo, Rasha'a both from a divine perspective and also the injustices that humans do to each other. And over there his conclusion is, Veshibahti ani et hasimcha, I praise joy. Asher en tov la'adam tachat hashemesh, there's nothing better for a man under the sun, ki im le'echol, velishtot, velishmoach, to eat and drink and be happy. And that will accompany him in his toil. The days of his life that God gave him under the sun. Again, remarkably similar conclusion to the other conclusions that we saw. Then Kohelet discusses the subversion of the concept of a cosmic order in which there's a clear association between cause and effect. And Kohelet says, Essentially, there is no clear association between cause and effect. Being wise doesn't help you all that much. The swift don't win the race. There are wise men who are poor and no one listens to them. Uh, And at the end, and not at the end of of this particular unit, but right in the middle of the unit, he tells us as follows, Lech echol besimcha lachmecha, eat your bread, and drink your wine. Ki kevarasa ha'elohim et ma'asecha, God is happy with your deeds. Wear nice clothing and uh, anoint your, your hair uh, with, with uh, nice oil. Uh, have a meaningful relationship with your spouse. Because that is your portion. And here we said specifically that this was almost an exact quotation from uh, a uh, a portion of the Epic of Gilgamesh, except for the fact that Kohelet adds an extraordinarily important line, which is, Ki Kohelet here specifically turns the physical experience of enjoying the good in one's life into a religious experience, a religious experience that is supposed to please God. As Kohelet rolls into the conclusion of his book, he does not say, oh, there's no value that has, uh, there's no eternal value to life. There's nothing that I've found that gives any significance, eternal significance to life. He doesn't say, because of that, you should just quit and not do anything. He tells you, go do a lot of things, try a lot of things, diversify, because maybe something will work. And he ends this off by saying, Be happy in your youth. And your heart should make you happy in your youth. 
in the next few pesukim in this context of enjoying your youth through enjoying your youth you should remember God you should remember your creator in the days of your youth and we said over there that the way you're supposed to remember him is by enjoying the gifts that he gave you that's the context there because youth will eventually fade into the days of darkness into old age when the person says he doesn't want to live anymore and therefore, and it is through that experience of Simcha and Tova, that's the way through which you will be Zocheret Boreecha. And even in the, the final uh, poetic and melancholy metaphor of death that, uh, that, Kohelet, uh, that Kohelet brings down right at the end of the core, the Kohelet proper, so to speak, he says, And in the next pasuk, And a few pasukim after that, There's this constant word, ad, And the ad over here uh, means before. Do X before death comes. Before the days of evil and the days that a person doesn't want to live anymore. You should do X uh, before the sun goes dark and the lights go out. You should do X before the silver rope, so to speak, snaps. And what is X over here? What is the thing that you should do before all this? It's the zechor et borecha, it's the simcha and the tov lev that a person is supposed to have in his in the days of his youth. And remember, according to Kohelet, youth is any time before you say, in libahem hefet. So a person who's 90 years old and he still uh, feels that he has uh, plenty to go for Kohelet, that's bimei bechurotecha. That's not in libahem hefet. Only when a person gets to the point of in libahem hefet, that's the point uh, for Kohelet in which uh, death is knocking on the door, so to speak. So it's very important to remember that even as Kohelet describes death, the context is, be happy and enjoy your life before that death comes. Now, putting all of this together, we know that throughout the entirety of Kohelet, there is an enormous amount of pessimism. There is an enormous amount of skepticism and negativity. Nothing has any eternal value. And yet, every so often, and particularly and when, when Kohelet reaches the punchlines of each of the different topics that he discusses, it, the, the, the topic is punctuated by this positive directive. And the key to understanding Kohelet is that these, these uh, uh, positive uh, statements that almost come out of nowhere are exactly what Kohelet wants you to take away. His, clu- his conclusion is not to quit, not to give up because there is no meaning and everybody will eventually die. Instead of being pessimistic because of that, he says, focus on the positive while it's still positive, while you still have it. Now, just to take it one step further, in every single one of these directives, Kohelet brings God into the picture. Sometimes the bringing of God into the picture is even so clearly out of context that it's clear that for Kohelet it's a uh, uh, it's an extraordinarily uh, salient portion of uh, this positive directive. It's probably uh, for Kohelet the most important thing because it's it's so out of context. If you remember particularly uh, where he quotes the epic of uh, of Gilgamesh and he specifically just puts in ki kevarat et ma'asecha. 
God is so central to this enjoyment of shetia uh, and achila and the resulting simcha. God is central to that, and the reason is that because the reason is because for Kohelet, these daily pleasures, these little things that a person can appreciate in the moment, the achila and shetia and simcha, that is where for Kohelet man meets God. That's the fulcrum of the relationship with God. It's the pivotal point. Kohelet's point of view is not necessarily to see God in major life events. Other books of Tanakh are, are to do that. And by the way, it's interesting to think about the fact that Shalomo HaMelech, who's the one who builds the great Mikdash, the monument that's supposed to be the meeting place between man and God. That's where man meets God, at the Mikdash. And what does he tell you in Kohelet? You have good food, you have something nice to drink, you have a pleasant youth, you're happy. That's where you should see God. Philosophically, it's almost 180 degrees from Harambam's perspective that the pinnacle of the connection with God is nevuah, is prophecy. For Kohelet, it's not prophecy. The pinnacle of the connection to God is in the day-to-day enjoying the little things. That is where one should see God and connect to God. So in fact, the, the message of the book, Et HaElohim Yera Ve'et Mitzvotav Shemor, maybe Mitzvotav Shemor is not a very uh, uh, Kohelet thing to say, but certainly Et HaElohim Yera, what Kohelet wants is for you to put the Yirat Elohim in all your day-to-day insignificant minutia, because the insignificant minutia turns significant through Et HaElohim Yera. And therefore, it's quite appropriate for Kohelet to end the book and to say that the lesson of the book is after you hear everything this is indeed the entirety of a man.